1: Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host Walter, and this week we had a particularly fun guest. His name is Cameron Deerfield, and he is a private land hunter up there in Ohio, the land of the giants. We we had a great conversation outlining his two biggest bow kills, which happened to be back to back years up there in Ohio, and. He is quite a character. I, I'm glad that uh, a previous guest, Preston Mullins, introduced the two of us together, uh, introduced the two of us, rather, so that we could uh, swap some stories, and hopefully Cameron and I will be able to exchange a hunt. He wants to kill a deer in all in all states that uh, house whitetails, and... Uh, I think what we, we might end up doing is exchanging a hunt between George uh, Florida and Ohio, and that'll that'll be an absolute blast. So he, he's extended an invitation. hopefully I can <clears throat> and hopefully I can take him up before too long. So before we get to that, we want to say thanks to our two sponsors. First, Wild Edge Incorporated maker of the stepladder. I've talked about this before. It's a quick and efficient climbing system. It adapts to any tree, any circumstance. It's quiet, scent free. Check them out at www.wildedgeinc.com. <clears throat> and of course, we can't forget Bowhunter Box Club, the only subscription box for bowhunters created by bowhunters. Jason does a great job of putting together relevant and sometimes out of the ordinary products into his box every month that uh, especially old and new bowhunter alike can appreciate. So give him a look at www bowhunterboxclub.com and and with that let's get on to the show well guys on the phone i have got cameron d oh man look at me i have got cameron deerfield how you doing buddy pretty
2: good brother what's up
1: oh not much dude i just i flew home you've been patient enough with me i've had to cancel on you a couple times i think at this point and uh you and i have been trying to get together to talk deer since uh well, Preston introduced us what back in November, December.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm to, to give everybody a little bit of a back a backstory here, uh, Cameron is is a part of of Preston Mullins's uh, program, DIY Hunter. Um, he is the uh, resident deer slayer. This guy eats, sleeps, and breathes uh, deer hunting. He's from Ohio. He, he's I think damn near Bo only if based on the conversations I've had with him and seen his social media. Um anything you'd like to fill in the gap there, bud?
2: Um, I mean I do rifle hunt a little bit, um, but that's mainly just going out with buddies, you know, out of out of out of state. Um but uh yeah, that's pretty much it. Um I just uh I'm a I'm a father, I'm a husband and I'm a I'm a deer hunter and that's that's about it.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. this guy, y'all, he he he's underscoring himself right now, uh, undervaluing himself rather. This dude lives and breathes and sleeps deer hunting. When I called him uh, prior, we were chatting, kind of going over the podcast. He was he was pausing and, and identifying deer that uh, for the next year on trail cameras. This guy's just. You posted a photo the other day. I knew you were serious. I knew it was serious when I saw the the photo of of the tailgate that had what was it 1,500 pounds worth of supplements or something like that.
2: Yeah, it was quite a bit. That's that's the most of that old uh, two wheel drive trucks ever ever, ever <laughs> hauled, I think <laughs> you're
1: lucky. You're lucky it made the trip.
2: Oh, it was it was it was uh, What
1: what was in the back of that truck? Just out of curiosity. Oh, it
2: was uh, white. It was white gold deer feed. We got blocks, uh, pay dirt, um, and just it just basically uh, minerals uh, for me and Preston. Um, it's going to span over you know uh, a, a couple states. Um, but we, uh, we had to have it all shipped to one, to, to one place. So, uh, and I, and I got the pleasure of unloading that pallet by hand all by myself. So. It, was, it, was, it was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I had, we had it shipped and then, uh, I got stuck with, uh, well, Preston called me. He said, Hey, can, can we have this stuff shipped to your house? And I was like, yeah, cool. You know, I thought it was going to be like a, uh, I don't know, a UPS truck or something. And it, it, I, and and I live on a on a mile long road drive or like my my driveway is like a a mile long. So uh, then we found out that it's going to be a big eighteen wheeler bringing it in, and it's a whole pallet, and I got about fifteen minutes to unload it by myself. So uh, <laughs> it was definitely fun, but at least it was warm here for for the for the uh, day that it was here because it it's been a uh, cold one up up here.
1: <laughs> what what was warm? Define warm.
2: Uh, I think it got up to seventy.
1: Oh okay. Okay. So warm. I'd consider 70 warm here too.
2: Yeah, it was it was nice. I mean in in April we had like three or four snow days. So I mean that was that was pretty nice. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm pretty jealous of that, dude. The idea of snow days is something that I have never lived regionally where that was actually a, a, even a thought in anybody's mind.
2: Yeah, I mean it, it makes it makes hunting fun, but I drive over an hour for work and uh, it's not it's not too fun. <laughs> but uh
1: yeah, no, not in that case.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, but, I mean, one thing about it is, I mean, if it snows too bad, you can always call off and just go to work. So, I mean, you can just call off and just, and just hunt. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: I hear you, man. That's built in vacation days right there.
2: <laughs> yes, sir.
1: I hear you. Well, Bubba, we had, we're, we're, we're having you on today, uh, to discuss a couple stud bucks. I, I, I kind of teased it earlier, but you 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 do put down some very big deer up in Ohio. And um, do you hunt primarily private or public land up there?
2: Um, a nice mixture. Um, here recently in the past few years, I've been hunting. I've been hunting private a lot. Um, I've been really getting into, you know, pattern deer and 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 really that whole aspect of it. So, but the, the private that I do hunt, um, five other guys have have access to it um two of them have hunted it for i think 10 or 12 years i've hunted it for for five years and so far i'm the only one that's pulled uh decent deer off of it and the reason being is you know these these guys have hunted the same stands for you know 10 or 12 years and it just it, it doesn't it, it just doesn't work for them
1: <laughs> i got you they're too static they they sounds like they they would make good deep south hunters where where they have got their tree picked out every year and they go to the same spot every year huh
2: yeah, I mean, the past two years, both the bucks I killed, i I've actually hung the stand within within three or four days of of, of actually taking them. So, oh,
1: cool. So you're kind of kind of mobile, running gun type style.
2: Yeah, most time now, what now what what I mostly base it off when I go in and 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 hang a stand. Mainly, I'm going in to check the camera and just seeing what's there. Gotcha. And I'll check it while I'm there. And if and if it's if if it has deer on it, then I go ahead and throw me a stand up so i mean i'm pretty i'm pretty mobile i don't like to leave my stands out too much because the other guys that do hunt this farm i mean they they drive it during uh 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 gun season and they they also bow hunt but i just don't want to walk through the woods and finding finding my my setup so
1: i got you no that's understandable
2: oh yeah (laughs) i mean and people get people get ruthless man i mean (laughs) it's just it's,
1: it, it gets crazy, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I can see how that'd be the case. I mean, they, I've, I've, I've gotten to where on on clubs here in in Southeast Georgia that I've been a part of, you you're you find where people are like, oh yeah, I'm hunting on this draw, and they, what they really mean is the other side, two hundred yards down. You know, like it, it, we had this like tag system where like you put your tree stand. On, I don't know if y'all do this, but we have a board where everybody puts like the tree stand locations and then you uh, put your tag on that location. It's kind of like a first-come, first-served basis. And I can't tell you how many times I've set up, I've been sitting in my tree stand, and I see somebody else, like, clambering up into a tree stand 100, 200 yards away. I'm like, I know good and damn well on that map. That tree stand wasn't supposed to be that close to to where I am right now, and and they've obviously fudged where they said they were going.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and what's funny is this past couple years I've really got into the whole, you know, packing you know packing a stand in and just hunting and i've gotten 150 yards from guys 200 yards from guys where i could see them and they didn't have one single deer walk out in that wide open bean field in front of them but the creek in front of me i saw five or six does (laughs) and you know uh, a a, a, you know a decent little buck and the reason being is those deer have adapted to what those guys are are doing they're coming in the same way every time they're hunting the same stands every time and it's really it, it 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 more so helps me (laughs) <laughs>
1: Honestly, I could see that. I could totally see that. What? So, this is kind of a, a, a two part question. Well, you know what? We'll keep we'll keep this. Both these deer were private land, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Do you rely on on preseason scouting and in locating areas that just that intrinsically go and register? This is where I'm going to kill him, or is it? Am I collect, gathering that you are? More of letting the cameras tell you where to hunt. In addition to that,
2: I... um, it really depends on the spot. One one plus side to where where I hunt is it's a lot of wide open fields, and one downside to where I hunt is the wood patches are not that not that big. So I do a lot of you know a, a lot of scanning fields all summer long. Uh, cameras play a huge role, um, and mainly that's just because. I can, I can go in there once a month and, and, you know, check them and, and that's, I don't have to be scouting, you know, all summer long or whatever. And nine times out of 10, I'm scouting during, you know, shed season. And cause I walk, I mean, when I shed hunt, that's when, when from about February to April, that's all I'm doing. I'm walking miles and miles and miles. So that's, that's where I get a lot of where I'm going to hunt. And then, if I find a place that I, I like, instead of going and going and hanging a stand, I go in and I put and I put cameras, and I don't touch them for until about June or July. Then I'll go in there, and if you know if I'm seeing anything I like, then I'll go ahead and either prep a tree or you know uh, keep that keep that camera there, and pretty much base it base it off 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 of that. You know, I'll I'll pick out probably twenty to thirty spots. And, and five or six, and I, I might have five or six trees at, 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 at one single spot, depending on, on wind and, you know, so on.
1: I got you. I got you. So it, The reason I ask is we have some guys that just don't even rely on trail cameras at all and kill big deer. We had a, a guest on, uh, Greg Litzinger, and uh, after talking to him, I was convinced I needed to sell every one of my trail cameras because the guy kills big deer on heavily pressured New Jersey public land uh, pretty consistently. And then I realize my my woodsmanship skills probably are up to par to where I, I know these areas well enough. I mean, he's put years and years and years into, into knowing those areas. And then I talk to fellows like you. You you tend to be very involved with trail cameras, and obviously there there's probably ways to be successful with and without, and then the middle ground, which is kind of like a, a combination of the two, which sounds like that's kind of where you land.
2: Yeah, I mean, one thing that I, I know, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and one thing that I, I like to stress is, a lot of this information and a lot of this, you know, tactics and everything is good, but a lot of it's like, it's fairly regional, you know. So, right. And, and and I can see both sides of it. I've had you. I've had really big bucks come in that I've only had on camera one time, and you can kind of tell that they were they were standoffish, and I never seen them again. So I mean, you know, I I can see it. Um, I don't see it play a, that big of a role. I mean, not big enough for me to quit. You know, using them. Right. So. I mean, I see him as a, as way more of a tool than I do any kind of you know, any kind of um, handicap. So, okay. I mean, but I mean, everybody's got their got their own style. So
1: I got I mean, you. It is I got it is. you. <laughs> I I think it's interesting. Uh, it probably plays somewhat of a part, a role that you've got these open fields. That's probably uh, eliminates a lot of the probably the scent that you leave. You can kind of come and go as a uh, quote unquote pedestrian of the woods. Is that is yeah, that, I mean, is that and, accurate?
2: Yeah, I mean, in the, and a lot of it is. I mean, there's so many fields around here, and so many. You know, I don't. I don't have time to go and glass. It.
1: Sure, sure. So,
2: you know, th- that's. I mean, it's. They're just a tool to me. Uh, I mean, there's there's times that I, I won't even look at a truck camera for a month, only because I can see what 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 you know what the deer are doing when I'm driving home from work, or you know, it, it just they're just there basically just in case.
1: <laughs> gotcha gotcha well dude i i I brought you on but we've got two two stories in mind that we think uh the listeners are going to enjoy um i'm confident they're going to which uh which one of those two would you like to start with
2: um i guess we could start with uh
1: 2016 buck um okay now if i recall correctly you you name all your deer based on the year you're going to harvest them is that correct no,
2: uh, no, uh, I wish I wish I could call out chocolate. But, uh, we discussed
1: yeah. that. We discussed that in the pre-recording stage, and I about died. He he was he was joking about how he was thinking about doing that, but he felt like it was a bit too cocky.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't I don't I don't I don't want to uh, you know shoot shoot for uh, two uh, high stars on that one. But uh, I guess we'll start with uh, 2016 because um, that's kind of where the other buck story kind of plays into it um <clears throat> so in 2016 i shot a buck i named the uh candy Land 10 and uh the the this deer honestly i had no trail cam pictures of this deer uh never laid eyes on this deer one time um but a buddy of mine actually had this deer on camera uh, about two and a half to three miles away from here he had it on camera all summer long and um I, I was having a pretty rough season, and uh, I made it all the way through October and November, and it was the end of November. And um, going into this season, uh, Zeus, which is my 2017 kill, I, I had him targeted. He was about, he was about 140 inches, um, he, and he, he was just everything I wanted. And uh, so that was the deer I went into the season, you know, trying to kill and just never sealed the deal so you know october passed november almost passed and you know i'm really starting to you know get get down and out then and um it was uh that morning i i i i hunted that stand um prior to that i actually hung that stand three days before because i found some scrapes and some rubs that are coming right out of uh, a huge bedding area and um I never really saw this tree as a tree I could put a stand in, but you know I kind of wiggled my my uh two hundred pound self up this tree and uh <clears throat> finally got, got a got stand in and it was a little bit a little bit sketchy i mean when the when the uh uh wind blows you don't you don't want to be in it. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> I had but, one of uh, those one time that was like an eight inch it was like a, it was two like eight inch cedars that I ratchet strapped t- together so I could hang my hang on in there. <laughs> you yeah. only hunted that tree stand if it was perfectly still outside.
2: <laughs> yeah. and it, I mean, it's, it's not fun. I mean, and getting up in, I mean, the tree has so many branches on it. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like you're playing, you know, a game of like twister going, going up this thing. But, uh, anyways i i hung that stand and this stand is right on the edge of a uh of a field so what these deer were doing is they were coming out of bedding and staging in there and then coming out and feeding um so i hunted that morning and i had a little buck chase a uh a doe and i, I filmed him for a little bit and he he kind of he kind of chased around and they kind of ran off well i hadn't planned on hunting all day um but when you can see your house from your stand i uh decided to go home and get some, get some lunch. So, uh, I went home and I, and I, uh, I, I ate and I went back out about two o'clock and, uh, my father-in-law came in and I put him in a stand about 150 yards uh, away from me. And, uh, right about 4:40 I think might've been like 4:30, I saw this doe just come busting through that, through that bedding area. And, uh, you know, instantly I, I, I grabbed my bow and right, right behind her was this, was this fairly decent eight. And by, and, you know, by that time I'm like, man, if he's, if he's over, you know, 135 inches and he's, he's got age on him, he's done, you know, <laughs> and, uh, he turned around, looked behind him and then here come, here come the, uh, buck I ended up shooting and he'd come in and they actually fought. That was the first time I, 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 I ever saw that. Um. So those two deer fought, and the uh, younger buck kind of ran off. Well, the one that the one that I uh, actually shot, he he kind of stood there for a minute, and he it, I, I couldn't get a shot off. Well, I was drawn back this, this entire time. So from the time that, that he walked into the picture, I, I actually drew back. And, I don't know, it's probably been 45 seconds. And so he turns around, and I have about the size of a dinner plate hole and I mean, I'm just rock solid and I shoot and the angle that I had, I, I hit him high and it came out low and, uh, he ran off, you know, I was pumped, um, got down, didn't see any, any, any blood, but my, but my arrow was covered. Um, I couldn't find any blood any, anywhere. So I let him go all all night and, uh, I was, I was up all night, you know, restless. And, uh, the next morning went in, still didn't find any blood whatsoever. Um, and my buddy who actually had that deer on camera, I called him to come help me find it. And we didn't know it was, it was that deer. Um, and we ended up finding him. He ran about uh, 65 yards and, uh, we got him back to the house, you know, and we're, you know, we're talking and everything. And he leaves and I'm going through pictures on my phone and stuff. And I and I called him. I said, man, I shot the buck that was behind your house. He was like, dude, my house is three miles away. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you it's the same deer. And, uh, and he pulled up uh, uh, pictures of it, and it, and it is, man. And the last picture he got of that deer was in, on, like, September 20th. And I killed that deer, almost, like, right, I think a little bit more than two months later or right at two months later or something. So it was – he just disappeared for two months and ended up three miles away, and, and I ended up getting it.
1: <laughs> Do you think – so, okay, so back up. There was no blood. Or on the ground, no there was blood on, all over the arrow. What kind of what kind of shot was it? Was it was it lung, liver? What was that? What did the arrow indicate at that time? I actually time?
2: double I, I i i double lunged him. It was it was it was it was high. So when it, the angle that I hit him, it just it, it wasn't producing blood whenever whenever he was he was he actually ran. Um, but I had a complete pass through and and everything. It just I don't know, man. I mean, I really, I really can't even explain it. <laughs> did
1: did you? Uh, did, was it? Did the broadhead fully deploy? Was it a mechanical or a fixed?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, it it fully opened up. I mean, it. it I mean, when, when shots, I found huh? him, he had. Yeah, I mean, when I found him, he was. I mean, he had a, a, a you know a freaking hole in. You know, he he should have bled everywhere, but it just it just one of those things, I mean, You know.
1: How bizarre. I mean, I, I've been in situations where where it's the, where that's the case, but it's normally because of you know uh, I shot one one time quartering slightly away, and I, I it was a low heart shot, and <clears throat> his front left forward his front left leg was forward, and as as he ran, the arrow had exited behind his left shoulder. So as he ran and brought the, the leg uh, back, it kind of plugged that hole as he went on. So the the blood the blood trail yeah. was kind of limited in that regard. But I've never heard of. I mean, I guess it makes sense as high as it was. Perhaps that's the explanation uh, for what happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was. I think it was a. It was a 19-yard shot, and uh, I mean, it was. I mean, I mean, it was just. It had to be the angle. That's the only thing that I can. I can. I can think of honestly. Right. Uh, I mean, I've I've played it out, in, you know, a hundred times, and, and it, it doesn't make sense.
1: <laughs> hey, man, you got him on the ground. You did find him, so that. Uh,
2: Yep. And that actually, at that time, at that time, that was actually my biggest archery butt. So, I mean, I, you know, that was a, a huge moment in, in my, you know, in my career because I've, I've bow hunted for a long time and I've, I've shot some decent bucks, but that was my first, you know, real big archery butt. So, or not real big, but even bigger
1: archery buck. So my next question would be, you talk about being three miles away. And my yep. first thought was he's obviously chasing deer in the does in the rut, and that's why he's there. But you said the guy didn't have a photo three miles away after September. Do you think that he had a, a range that was bigger than what uh, a lot of the the whitetail experts tell us, and and he just he shifted with with was it crops or something? Do you think? What do you think ex- explains that 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 three mile change?
2: Well, like I said, we don't have very big you know patches of. of- of woods around here. I mean, you, I mean, you might find one that's you know twenty-five or thirty acres, but you know most of them are you know 10, 15, 20, you know, and it's a lot of fields. So, for a deer to travel that far here, it's not crazy because I mean, there's not that much cover over you know a, a, a three-mile span. So, I think I think some of it had to do with with you know crop change and he kind of changes patterns. And then on top of that, it was it was uh, you know rut. So he was, you know, he was chasing. I mean, the, I had a deer on camera in, um, in KY one time, and I was getting trucking pictures of him at midnight. And a guy ended up shooting that deer like three and a half miles away, and that's all mountain country down there. And it's, you know, that's the only two times that I've ever, I've ever heard of that, you know. But, you know, you, you hear guys who shed hunt who find sheds, you know, a mile away or, you know, a mile and a half away. So, I mean... I, I I don't know. I guess it's all, it's all regional again. You know, it depends, it depends on how far your deer have to, have to travel or what's, or how much pressure they have and, you know, and so on.
1: When you say K- KY, you obviously meant Kentucky, right? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Just checking. How, how often do you hunt Kentucky?
2: I try to go every year. Um, past couple of years I've been working and, you know, uh, um, EHD hit down there real bad last year. Um, so that, that kind of put a damper on things down there. And, uh, our family farm ended up getting, getting sold. Uh, so well, I have a couple farms down there that I can, I can hunt. Um, and it's just, I didn't really make it down there a whole lot last season. Um, I went down the first day and sat and saw a, uh, a pretty good, uh, velvet nine point. Um, never, you know, never, never anything within within range or nothing, but, um, I love it down there, man. That's, that's, if I had to take a place to hunt forever it, it would be it would be there.
1: whoa, see that's bold man I've never heard of someone from the Midwest. I'm not saying it doesn't happen I'm just saying i' I've, I've never heard someone from Ohio or Illinois go, boy, I can't wait to hunt Kentucky this year that tends to be kind of like the in between trip for a lot of deep south hunters or uh, East Coast hunters where you know maybe they don't want to make the trip quite all the way to Ohio or Illinois or Iowa. Kentucky tends to be kind of the uh the the well it's not as far i can make that trip and it shaves seven hours off the drive type type situation so i'm um, uh, what 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 makes you so is it just the the family ties there or do you prefer the the area you get to hunt what what, what about kentucky do you like so much
2: i love hunting woods like that see i mean we don't there is woods like that here um i've never really had the privilege of, of hunting them but down there i mean yeah it's family ties i grew up hunting there um it's just a different, a different animal down there also. Uh, It's almost like patterned deer in the, in the Eastern part where I, where I hunt, it's almost like patterned deer is almost like a, a a joke down there. Like people kind of like, like laugh about it. And, and you know, it's, there's big deer down there, man. There really honestly is. And you just, you just have to, you just have to, you you have to hunt. I mean, and and you have to learn it. It's, you can't go down there hunting i mean hunting land that i do here you can't take these tactics and go down there and kill deer every single year i mean you're, you might run into one but i don't know It's just a, it's just a different challenge for me and that's that's kind of what i i i kind of like about it
1: that's kind of cool for you to acknowledge that that uh, the ohio big big open area ohio doesn't uh match for the woods that's you know down here in the deep south anybody who's listened to me talk about it will talk about how down here especially where i'm at there's no topography whatsoever and all the woods are damn near like identical there there's no there's no funnels there's none of this like pinch points and stuff like that i mean there are they're totally pinch points. They're totally funnels. But as you, as you're probably acutely aware, they're totally different than what you read about in field and stream. It's a, it's like a, a row of palmettos that suddenly becomes a funnel. You know, a row of palmettos on a on a finger going into a river is now, uh, the funnel that you need to be hanging out on. It's it's a totally different type of hunting that I think, a lot. I'd really, you know, I kind of brought this up to you. I'd really like to and. I'm opening this challenge to anyone who's listening or knows somebody who would be a good candidate for this. I'd love to exchange a hunt with someone and I'll put them on public land or or see if I can't find a private land parcel by then to take them to. And I'll put them on the parcel and just be like, here, let's go. I'll give you a couple pointers, but it's up to you for the next four days to put yourself on deer and let's just see how those, those tactics change. And I'm not saying that necessarily from a prideful standpoint, it's just, it's a different world. It, It, you know, I grew up trying to read field and stream and apply it to where I lived. And uh, I think about 17, I got frustrated and realized it just doesn't, it doesn't apply.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I I grew up watching, I grew up watching jewelry and, you know, real tree. And I found out real quick, once I started boat hunting bigger deer that it doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's,
2: it's, 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 I mean, it it works like that if you have thousands of acres and you have you know yeah, yeah, yeah. you have the time time and money to and you don't and there's nobody else hunting it. you know you can do right. stuff like that but it's not it's not it's not real honestly <laughs> it it really is
1: yeah I don't know if I wouldn't say it's not real so much as it's not relatable I think you know I think it's I think it's yeah, genuine I mean, if you okay, if you yeah. had ten thousand acres you'd be able to find. Yeah. You know, you read about if you if you have a buck that comes by every day at noon, then hunt that stand. Well, it might be one buck out of a thousand that does that. And if you've got a piece of property with four thousand deer on it, if you know, I'm, I don't know what their densities are out there. I'm totally coming up with these numbers. But if you have this massive, massive piece of chunk of land like the Drurys do, well, then you can you can focus in on those idiosyncrasies idio- of of specific deer. But if you're like us, there are, are broader, uh, more generic uh behavior traits and and that you you probably be more successful honing in on, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean and there's no I mean I mean don't get me wrong, if I if I had the means, I would do it too. There's nothing wrong with what they do. One's Absolutely not thing. no. The tactic, if you if you take if you try to take those tactics or tactics and come hunt a farm that five other guys hunt and think you're gonna sit on a bean field edge and this one sixty is going to walk out and you're gonna and you're gonna shoot him like you're gonna have a rough you know five yeah. to ten years spent of, of learning deer
1: <laughs> right 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 so i'm curious you, you mentioned these two kind of tie hand in hand and i'm guessing the the tie between the deer you just mentioned the deer you're going to talk about is uh the key was you said this was my biggest buck to date is that correct
2: yeah okay.
0: yeah
2: <laughs> um so I guess that would be this is Zeus, which is my 2017 bow kill. Um, like I said, I went after him in 2016. Um, he actually had a different name back then. Uh, cause he, back then he was a 12 point and he had kickers off his, uh, G2s. And, uh, so I gave him the nicknames, uh, stickers. I think it was back then. And, uh, I, I hummed him hard and I came close to him, you know, a few times, um, and just never, just, just never sealed it. And, um, I, I, I didn't get any pictures of him after like November. I thought for sure he was gone. Um, but I ended up finding the shed. Well, I, I ended up shooting out the other buck. So my season was over and I ended up finding Zeus's shed, which I changed his name to Zeus after, afterwards. Um, I ended up finding his shed not far from where I shot my buck in 2016. And, uh, so then it was kind of on. I, that, that was the first time that I ever, uh, actually, and I had, uh, at that point I had two prior years of, uh, uh, history with him. So that was my first year that I really got to have history with, um, find his shed, uh, really get to like learn him, you know? And that was, that, that was cool to me. Um, it's, it's not, I, it's just something that I've always wanted to do and, and, and I was able to, uh, to do it, um. I found a shed and that kind of sparked it. So all last spring and summer, man, I just, you know, I focused in on him and I had him pegged all summer. Um, I, wa- I mean, I watched him almost every single day. Um, I ate cold dinners every single night because I was out there watching him. You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it, last summer a deer came out of nowhere um, that is, was just an absolute slob. And, uh, he was, he was a four and a half year old and he just, he showed up in the middle of summer and stayed. And, um, I, I coined him, uh, Papa's, Papa's pride. And, uh, he's a non-typical 10. Uh, Um, uh, a little history to me. I'm obsessed with, with, with any 10 point, um, non-typical or typical. I'm just, uh, I, I think I have five 10 points mounted. Um, that's just something i I really like so i tend to target deer like that
1: you like your typicals Um,
2: i like typicals. well i I like 10 points so whether it's a typical or non-typical as long as it has 10 points i'm i'm probably i'm probably going going uh going after him (laughs) but uh (laughs) this deer showed up and he was you know four and a half year old probably 155 inches and Zeus was probably, you know, I figured him to be about 150 or, or 155, but he's a six and a half year old deer. Um, I, uh, so all summer long, man, I struggled with it, you know, what deer I was, was going to shoot and what deer I was going to shoot. And, uh, I kind of decided my own fate. Um, cause Zeus disappeared for like three weeks and I was like, okay, um, well, obviously I don't have an option to go and, and, not this other deer um so I, I focused in on him and then all of a sudden out of nowhere zeus popped back up and him and the buck i was going after were just going at it i actually have a uh have a video and it, this was in early october and they were just i mean tearing each other apart
1: really and uh that early yeah
2: and that early and i think it was i don't know if it was a dominant thing because zeus kind of disappeared for a while i mean and, and he was kind of you know he's always had a presence about him and he he just kind of like, he kind of like ran the show around here, you know? And,
0: uh, and I think, I don't know, it was
2: just a dominance thing. And, uh, but in those videos, I got to see the size difference of the body and it was literally unreal. Um, Zeus's head, his neck and everything almost seemed twice the size. And uh, so that, that kind of, when, when he showed back up, <clears throat> it kind of got me, you know, fully on board to, to, to uh shoot him so open dead both season rolled around and i don't normally hunt mornings in early season but i was so jacked up and so jazzed man that i was like i gotta go you know so uh, uh i actually went in and scared papa's pride the other buck when i went into my stand i actually jumped him and uh you know instantly i thought my whole season was just gonna be over (laughs) you know i was like man you know and uh but i went ahead and hunted it uh hunted it that morning and i I, and then you know i i I saw a couple a couple small deer and uh that evening i was like i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna go back and hunt it i mean i've already i've already been in there and already caused ruckus i'm just gonna go go and hunt it. well zeus walked in that that night at, at 43 yards and he kind of was walking away from me and you know, I grabbed my bow a couple of times and I had an opportunity at one point in time to shoot him and I didn't. And, you know, I then it was right back to, you know, beating myself up, you know, which deer, which, which deer do I, do I really want, want to shoot? And, um, then dude, I just became obsessed with it. Uh, both deer and started looking at chokehand pictures. I mean, for hours <laughs> and, uh, started looking at weather patterns. And I noticed that Zeus came in on a, uh, on a east wind and that's about the only time that he would come in uh... to that to that certain that you know to that certain spot and um the, the day i killed him it was an east wind but it wasn't supposed to be an east wind; it just happened to be in you know though the, you know how the uh... weatherman is always you know right about everything <laughs> seldom and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um so, anyways, I was gonna hunt another stand, and I and the wind wasn't right. And I was like, "Man, if it stays like this, I'm I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go in there. Well, I you know I sat there for you know 35, 40 minutes just thinking, you know, do I, you know, should I, should I, should I? Finally, I did, and I hunted all, all evening, or all you know all even there. Didn't see nothing, and then all of a sudden he was there, and lo and behold, he had the other buck with. Him. And so, you know, I've never had that many inches of deer in front of me at any point in time <laughs> ever. You know. Were you shaking? No. So, oh, I mean, I, I don't I don't think I breathed for like four and a half minutes straight. <laughs> I mean it, it was it was rough, you know, and uh and at that point in time, you know, the other deer, of course the other deer was giving me just, you know, all the opportunities in the world, you know. And I'm sitting thinking to myself like, man. So I got my, my bow was on the opposite side of the way that, that the deer came in. So I had to grab my bow and bring it across in front of me. And, you know, I got, I, I got my, I, I got it knocked and everything. And I pulled back and I put it right on, uh, right on the, uh, other buck, you know, and I, and I counted to three and I did what my grandpa calls a, uh, Indian kill. And, uh, in, in my mind, I went ahead and killed him, you know? <laughs> and, uh, at that very moment, I watched Zeus kind of put his head down, and I kind of, I kind of, you know, just did that turn and put it, put it on him, and, and shot. And uh, he ran about, I don't know, sixty yards, and and uh, laid down like, 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 he was, like he was betting. That's about it. And uh, that was, that was the uh, end of him. <laughs> Dead go And. And and what did you know when I shot him? That other buck stood there for probably thirty seconds. Just had no idea, you know, what what happened or anything. Like he just stood there. If you had and, had if
1: you had a second tag, would you have shot him?
2: Oh, for sure. But you know, that, And then just to rub it in, uh, two months later, and the first day of musler season, I'm out there trying to fill a doe tag. You know, Preston's like you got to film, you got to film. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to shoot (laughs) it down. So I'm out there, you know, freezing cold. And who do you think walks out in front of me at 50 yards? It's, it's the other buck, uh, Papa's pride. And he literally sat out there in that field until dark. Holy cow. And just walk, walk back and forth, you know, out there checking does and it's just, you know, but you know, and, and, and I filmed it all. I mean, I filmed, I filmed him do everything and you know, that 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 was cool to me. First off, that was the best deer season of my life, far seeing you know big deer you know frequently. Um, and then to go ahead and take my biggest archery buck that I that I've ever taken, and a deer that I had history with, the deer that I have a shed. Um, I mean, as soon as soon as I watched him go down, I cried like I was all the freaking baby. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was bawling, you know.
1: That's awesome, dude. That. Not many men are gonna mention the fact that they cried when when they shot their biggest buck, dude. That's uh, kudos to you for being honest in fourth threat. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll be honest
2: with you. I've cried the past the past two years, man, because I killed my two biggest archery bucks, and it, you know. But I mean, I put so much time and passion into it, man, that I ain't got no shame. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, everybody talks about you know old old Stan old old Stan Potts and how excited he gets and everything, man. And I love it. You know, that's what deer hunting is to me. You know, man,
1: absolutely. And, and the day that stuff dies, I don't want nothing to do with it anymore. You know, like if I don't get, if I don't get I mean, shook up like stampots, I'm not interested in hunting anymore. I mean, it's, there's, there's been times that, you know,
2: I've shot, I've, I've shot a doe and you, you would have thought I just shot, you know, the biggest buck you've ever seen. And it's just because the moment, the moment was right. You know, the opportunity came and it was one, I mean, at heart, I, i always be, uh, you know, I'm always a, a full blown deer hunter. You know, I like chasing big deer, but I am, I am a deer hunter. So, you know, you know, and and I love archery. So, you know, if, if, a big deal walks in front of me and, and it's just right, I mean, bye, you know, so
1: <laughs> equal opportunity impaler.
2: Yeah. I mean, and, and to me, man, I mean, that, that deer just gave its life, you know, for you to eat, for you to enjoy that. So, I mean, that's, that's, Imagine if we gave our life for you know for somebody to enjoy it. Absolutely. I mean that that means something.
1: Uh, you got me jacked, man. I, I'm I'm ready for deer season. now. Uh, oh man,
2: I'm 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 ready to like the moment I shoot my buck in this state. I'm I'm just ready to just you know start again. You know, <laughs> but luckily now you know I've been uh, this year. I got five states that I'm that I'm that I'm hunting, so I've got plenty of time. Watch, I'll I'll probably hunt all five and not even kill anything this year, but. You know?
1: especially especially now that you just I, bragged on uh, the fact you killed uh, your biggest buck deer back back to back years.
2: Well, I wasn't bragging. That's just uh, luck, one hundred percent luck. <100% laughs>
1: I think I think there's there's a lot more to uh, luck. Some guy said defined luck one time and. It was perfect. He said that luck is what happens when hard work and opportunity find each other, man. So there if anybody follows your Instagram feed, there's not gonna be a, a person on this earth that's gonna think you don't put the work in.
2: Yeah, I mean I I've my uh my wife laughs. She's like, You can literally go to your Instagram and for three hundred pictures it's nothing but deer. Or something about <laughs> deer. So you know, I'm like
0: I'm like, Well,
2: I mean, I was like that's you know, I was like, if I if I ever left this earth, the only thing they'd have to do, you know, and I got pictures of my of my kids on there, my wife, you know, I, the day I got married and everything, like. But if you know, I, I tell her like this, you know, social media gets frowned on a lot, man. But if something ever happened to me, my kids can go right there and know everything, you know, everything that I was about, you know. So I, I look at it, I look at it in a, in a different aspect of things, you know. So any, I mean, anytime, I mean, and really, Preston's the one driving it, man. I mean, I. I yeah, I can't tell you. He's like, he, I, I was like, you know, I went out and, and prepped a bunch of, you know, mineral spots today and this everything. He's like, well, did you film it? I was like, no. He was like, all right, <laughs> man, geez. You, know, I mean, you know, so a lot of that is just, you know, I'm all the time, I got a camera all the time now. So, it's, you, know, yeah. I might as well, I'm, you know, I might as well use it. It's yeah, there.
1: yeah. Well, I want to be respectful of your time, but that makes for an easy segue for me. I wanted to give you an opportunity to touch on what we mentioned earlier, and that is, you are a part of the DIY Hunter. Um, Preston Mullins is, is kind of the um, ringleader on that, I think. Why don't you give everybody an opportunity to, to know where they can go and find some of this content that he's hammering you to push out?
2: Oh uh, Yeah. Um, we. So the other two guys are Jack Dillon and Preston, uh, Preston Mullins. We pretty much – our mission, man, is just to show everybody that all these hunts you see on TV, all this other stuff, like you don't have to be rich to go out and 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 hunt. I mean, we've got elk hunts coming, moose hunts. Um, we, we're in the middle of a, a turkey tour right now. I think we've already hit like four or five states. Um, it's just something that, you know, uh, next year, uh, Preston and Jack were talking about going to Alaska on a Sitka blacktail hunt, and, you know... Then the very next text was, so what you got to do is you got to save $4 a day from now until then, and you'll have plenty of money. (laughs) So it's like, it's kind of cool that they, that, you know, it's broken down like that. So we can kind of show guys, you know, and, and that whole hunt total is like $2,200 a piece. And I mean, we're going to fly in, they're going to, we're going to fly in and they're going to drop us off in this bush plane. And I mean, they're going to drop us off for like, I think it's five or seven days. And I mean, it, that to me, man, that's what that's what it's about, you know. And if and you know, you see these guys on TV, you know, and they've got all these big sponsors and all these, you know, you thirty five hundred dollar guns, and you see them landing these bush planes. You're like, man, I'd never be able to, you know, never be able to afford to do any of that. And it's you know, it's it's cheap, really. If you if you if you plan ahead, if you you know, and and it takes heart, you know, it, it takes work. I mean, most of these places for these you know crazy hunts like moose and caribou and you know elk. You really can't get out and scout a whole lot, but as far as, you know, uh, um, deer or, you know, Turkey, like deer, we're, we start scouting in January and we're going to scout until I think the middle of August and every state that we're, that, that we're going to hunt, just travel around on like the weekends and just put in the work, man. And it's all doable. I mean, anybody can, can, can do it. We're all, we're all, um, we're married. We have kids, we have jobs, um, it's just something that we make time for, and we have very understanding wives. Let, let, let me make that super clear. Um, so the, the first step is to get an understanding wife, or get really deep pockets and buy a lot of purses.
1: <laughs> but either, if you had, de- one, if you had deep a- pockets, you wouldn't be relating to the DIY hunter. So, right, exactly. So
2: <laughs> I put in the work on the forefront of finding a really good wife too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'll vouch for that too. <laughs>
2: we're just three normal guys that are filming we're not doing anything different than what we've been doing we're just filming it now and it's you know it's it's fun i mean preston and jackson going out and and i think for two or three years now um and they're kind of i kind of i'm kind of just you know the the younger one that gets kind of like tag along with them you know they 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 kind of met me and, and we it kind of went went from there and uh so now we're putting in points to go to Iowa and, you know, go to all these other places, stuff that I never thought I would even do,
1: you know? Right, right.
2: And it's just, I mean, anybody can honestly do it. It's just, you know, it, it takes work and time. That's it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I hope, I hope to have you on a, a uh, <clears throat> my hope is to have you come back on and, and share more of those stories. Cause y'all are going to be going and doing some of these, you know, remote hunts that people dream about doing and, um, I hope you you join us back on as soon as you're you get your because you're going on your first elk hunt this fall, right?
2: Uh, I I got to miss this fall, so that's you're why I'm miss... hunting so many white uh, gotcha white tail state. Um, I might go and film that's that stuff in the air. It all depends. Me and Jack actually just both had both just had uh, actually babies, so we're kind of tied up at the moment, trying to deal with that and impress. I mean, it just so happened we're in the middle of that of that of that. Uh, turkey tour that we're on and Preston's like, We gotta hunt and it's like, Dang hey, <laughs> so We we know. So we, we spent all last weekend hunting and uh he and he stayed over and, and hunted and uh then I'm going back this weekend and we're gonna try to try to try to bust as a bird. I mean we had a lot of action last weekend man. I mean this bird literally came five feet from you know doom but it is what it is. When you're <laughs> when you're filming it's, it's it's a it's a complete different
1: game <laughs> absolutely complete absolutely game. well brother congrats on the on the on the child dude that's that's huge man you got a new hunting partner on the way huh
2: yeah i got a uh son that's about to be seven and i, I just had a uh uh daughter so i which is nice because i can take the boy hunting and then i can send the girl shopping.
1: so yeah you might be surprised she that's, might turn that's... out to be a better hunter than uh than your young boy well
2: Whatever, I mean, which, whichever one. But <laughs> uh, for, for the first 10 years, they're just going to be my little, like, dragon buddy.
1: Oh, so, yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, brother, hang on the line. I'm going to wrap this up, and I want to talk to you afterwards, though. So, <clears throat> guys, we are making the shift from turkey season. That is wrapping up across the south. I know up north you, you guys are just getting your, your seasons going, and that's okay. We're going to still bring you some turkey content from time to time because I know you're right there in the – in the midst of it. So I I got you covered. Don't you worry about it, but we're going to start to, we're going to start to make an adjustment and start looking at some, some summer type related material, maybe some saltwater fishing. I've I've got a feeler out to a guy who went and uh, traveled to Alaska to go fly fishing. And I think that's going to be an awesome, some awesome content. He's traveling back to uh, do a moose hunt this year. So hopefully we can set the stage for that, but look for some new content coming from us and, uh, guys, if, if you enjoyed this podcast, I've got one favor to ask of you. Tell a friend about the podcast. Share it with one person and let them know why they need to be turning in to the Chasing Tails Outdoor Podcast. That would be the biggest thank you that you could ever provide for me in, in, the, in, in this podcast. So, And I'll talk to you all next time.